Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. It is finally game week on the Flats, Georgia Tech in Clemson, Thursday night in Death Valley. We've got a couple of very special guests to kick off this week's From the Flats episode as we get set for the season opener in 2019. Voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Dementra, and his uh, all-ACC color man, Sean Bedford. And, and guys, first and foremost, how excited are, are you to be back, Sean? I know it was a big uh, off-season for you, welcoming another member to the Bedford family. Uh, how, how is Bowen doing? He's doing great, and he could not be more excited for his first football season. He uh, is actually just squealing in the other room right now, and he's just as thrilled as he could possibly be. Now, does he profile as an offensive lineman? Do you see him more as a skill position guy, Sean? I know it's only been a few months, but where do you see that headed? Well, he's sitting about 95th percentile in size in just about every category, so he's projecting well for an offensive lineman, maybe a D lineman or tight end. Uh, So we're kind of eyeing those positions, but clearly a lot of time between now and signing day you know never too early to start developing positional flexibility with your newborn son absolutely <laughs> that gives us uh, a couple of different segues we can go we'll hit back on positional flexibility but uh, i'm curious the offensive line is going to be a unit that gets a lot of attention this year and it's got a lot of attention already in the uh, camp and preseason coverage but sean knowing that the transition from this offense of a triple option the last 11 years to now more uh, spread and pro style uh, how significant is that change uh, for a given offensive line? And furthermore, how much better will they be from week one to week 12? Well, I think it's a significant difference because you're changing not only the amount of weight you have forward in your stance, but really your whole mentality as an offensive lineman. It's, it, it, I shouldn't say the whole mentality. There's always going to be some amount of being an offensive lineman that entails blowing off the ball, knocking the guy across from you backwards. At the same time, though, there's a lot more focus on footwork and making sure that you're staying between your guy and the quarterback to allow him to to set his feet and throw. And so, you know, there's a lot more emphasis not only on your feet, but on your hand placement, your hip placement, your head placement, all the little things that could kind of be glossed over with with high intensity and with firing out low and hard in the previous style – those suddenly come into play a little bit more because you have to be much more technically oriented throughout this whole process. And these guys are going to be in for a a pretty major test in this first week against Clemson. When it comes to Clemson's defensive line, you know, Andy, I know you've looked at this a good bit, but you know, they of course lose uh, first team all Americans, but this is a program that has great depth Uh, for Clemson's defense, which is losing a lot of starters. Do we expect any type of letdown from them defensively, especially knowing they don't have the triple option to prepare for? Well, okay, so you lose Dexter Lawrence, and in his place is Niles Pinkney's preseason first-team All-ACC. You lose Cleveland Farrell, who's the number four pick in the draft, and you have Xavier Thomas, who's a preseason first-team All-American, even though he didn't start a game last year. You got K.J. Henry, who was ranked the number six player nationally and number three defensive end out of high school. So this is still a team that's flush with talent if they're a little lighter on experience. And might that inexperience help neutralize whatever transition we might see unfold on Georgia Tech's offensive line as they do all of the the pass blocking and different blocking techniques that this new system demands of them. So, you know, they lose a lot of talented guys. Certainly they have players with a lot of raw ability in their place on the defensive front, but I'm wondering if Georgia Tech might use that inexperience and some, you know, craftiness in their play calling to keep them off balance. That's one of the position battles that I'm really interested to watch unfold on Thursday. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see that too because I think the wild card nature of what Tech's offenses bring to the table is going to be particularly fascinating early on because 
you don't really know exactly what we're going to get out of Tech. Now, you can project back. You can watch the Temple film. But Clemson's going to be on their heels a little bit as they're trying to learn on the fly and figure out exactly what uh, Coach Jeff Collins and Dave Pattenhout are doing in this game. That game plan has kind of been under wraps, whereas for the last 11 years, Clemson's had a pretty good idea of what Paul Johnson wanted to do coming into that game. So might that give the offensive line a little bit of an advantage against a very talented defensive front seven for Clemson? It might, but I think we're going to have to wait till the first half to figure that out. Meanwhile, for Clemson, uh, the counterparts of uh, Tobias Oliver, Lucas Johnson, James Graham, it's pretty simple. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence, and you talk about that rhythm. He seemed to uh, find his rhythm against Georgia Tech down in the flats last year, and he never relinquished the starting job the rest of the year. That's Trevor Lawrence, uh, preseason, all universe, essentially. Uh, When it comes to slowing down Clemson's offense, which is going to be one of the strongest units in the country, in your opinion, what group, uh, of the defense, do you try and lean on a little heavier uh, come Thursday night? Well, I think you have to look to the secondary. I mean, you look at this defensive secondary for Tech, they've got really talented playmakers at a variety of positions. It's one area on the defense where there's established depth that you know what these guys have, have done in games. And I think when you have that sort of experience back there, as good as Trevor Lawrence is, and he may well be the best quarterback in the country, He's still only a true sophomore. And so there are looks he hasn't seen before. You can maybe take advantage of that experience in the secondary to throw some nickel blitzes at him, get the corners involved, the safeties, bring them down into the box, mix and match some coverages. And one of the luxuries you have when you have experienced players is that you can do some of that that, that higher level, second level stuff where it's not as simple as just lining up and trying to cover your guy, but to take the attack to the other side. And I think... When uh, One of the issues sometimes when you play a team like Clemson with your defensive line is that they may get rid of the ball before your defensive line has a chance. And when you look at that offensive line that they have, that's a pretty stout unit. So I think if, if Tech can find a way to generate some sort of rush and some sort of chaos out of the secondary, I think guys like Juanita Thomas, guys like Tariq Carpenter, guys like Trey Swilling can be the spark that really creates some turnovers and puts this Tech defense in a position to make some plays. Linebacker tackling for me. You got some veterans in David Curry, Bruce Jordan, Swilling. If the guys up front can hold the point against that Clemson offensive line, which has four senior starters, uh, guys like David and Bruce, they're going to have to wrap up. We saw in that Florida-Miami game, shoddy tackling can turn a modest gain into a major game. And one thing Tech has taken a lot of pride in throughout preseason is playing leverage-based and drilling that muscle memory into them where guys are not going to bounce off them. Travis Etienne is an electric guy. We saw what he did last year against Georgia Tech with 122 and a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving. Lynn J. Dixon was in the top five nationally in yards per carry. You can't let those guys bust tackles and turn what might be a three-yard gain into an eight, nine, ten-plus yard gain. So I look a lot to David Curry, a veteran, Bruce Jordan Swilling, another guy who's had some stripes under on his sleeves. If they can tackle reliably in that second level, uh, I, I think that'll be a big key for Georgia Tech in, in trying to take something away from Clemson. Because isn't that what you're always trying to do with any offense? Trying to take away something. Well, Clemson's got a lot to choose from, unfortunately. But that might be one way to, to maybe force them into something more predictable as they're working downfield. Well, Andy, Sean, thanks so much for the time. Look forward to having you guys uh, back on the call Thursday night. Our coverage begins at 6 o'clock on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG. And uh, guys, uh, look forward to, to hopping in. Uh, well, who, who's driving up on Thursday? 
Uh, that would be me. Uh, so, yes, buckle your seatbelts and uh, clutch your rosaries. Here we go, boys. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, uh, everyone else, uh, have a have us in your thoughts as, as we ride Andy Demetra and uh, on the way up to Clemson. Uh, Sean, Andy, thanks, guys, and I'll see you all soon. Sounds good, Wiley. Thanks, Wiley. All right, next up, uh, we will hear from a uh, former Yellow Jacket running back to Shard Choice, who makes his return as a running backs coach this Thursday night as well, and we recount one of his favorite Georgia Tech wins, a victory over Clemson back at Bobby Dodd Stadium. That's up in a moment uh, from the Flats. I want to take you inside the Georgia Tech locker room around this time in 2007, just before the Jackets took the field against Clemson on a Saturday afternoon as Tashard Choice delivered one of the most chilling pregame speeches in Georgia Tech football history. It's my everything or my nothing, man. I don't got nothing else, man. I don't got nothing else but y'all, boy. But I know y'all ride with me. I know y'all roll with me. It's all about this GT today, man. Y'all know what time it is. Repeat after me. My everything. My everything. Or nothing. Or nothing. My everything. My everything. Or nothing. Or nothing. We gonna fight. We gonna fight till we can't fight no more. Till we can't fight no more. We gonna lie down. We gonna lie down. Bleed a while. Bleed a while. We gonna get up. We gonna get up and fight again. Fight again. We gonna fight. We gonna fight till we can't fight no more. Till we can't fight no more. We gonna lie down. We gonna lie down. Bleed a while. Bleed a while. Then we gonna get up. We gonna get up and we gonna fight again. We gonna fight again. Wow, hard to describe that moment. You really just have to hear it for yourself. We're now joined by the man who delivered those words, two-time ACC rushing champion Tashard Choice. And uh, Coach Choice now making your return as a coach, first time taking the field with a white and gold. I spoke with Derek Moore about that speech, Coach, and he said it was one of the best he's ever heard. What provoked you that day? The week before, we played Virginia at Virginia, and I kept doing that year. I was dealing with a hamstring injury. So coming off the hamstring injury, I couldn't be out there with my guys and it absolutely crushed me then not to be on the football field when I knew we needed a victory and I just wanted to be a part of the team from all the hard work that you, you have to do in the offseason. So once it came around, I knew that week I wanted to have a possibility, the chance to play. And so I worked really hard to get myself in a situation to be able to play in the game. And I wanted the boys to know that I was going to give everything I had for us to get the victory. What do you remember about that game itself? You rushed for 145 yards, touchdown, a big 13-3 win for Georgia Tech. What are your uh, most permanent memories from that game? Uh, just the fact that, you know what I mean, God was with me the whole day because I didn't know if my hamstring was going to allow me to play in every run and every carry. I just remember, you know, thanking the Lord for just allowing me to be on the football field. And then once we got late into the football game, had a big run and I still formed a a guy on the sideline and the whole team got really excited. I just remember that game was nothing but pure guts for me, just pure will and our team, our, my offensive line, my teammates, we really gutted out a big win to beat Clemson that day. Joe, running backs coach Deshard Choice reflecting on a Hall of Fame-worthy pregame speech he gave before the Clemson win in 2007. But now, running backs coach, you've got five backs that are above the line, led by Jerry Howard and Jordan Mason. What are you going to tell them in the moments leading up to when Toe meets Leather? Uh, you know, really just to tell them guys everything that they prepare for since winter conditioning, uh, spring, and also summer workouts is for these moments because you don't get them back. So the main thing for them to know is you don't panic. Just always remember your habits and all the reason why we train so hard and all the reason that we overtrain, and all the reason that we do all the little things are for moments like this, to go on a big stage, uh, compete, uh, make explosive plays, uh, win your one-on-one -on -one competitions, and ultimately win the football game. That's our number one goal. So those guys will be locked in. It's going to be a, a collective group effort with our whole running back uh, 
tandem, so it's going to be pretty fun to watch them guys go out and let it, let it loose. And lastly, Coach, when it comes to the, the rallying cry, which we're likely going to hear at some point between now and kickoff of we're going to fight till we can't fight no more, lie down, bleed a while, get up and fight some more, uh, why does that resonate so thoroughly with this program and with uh, Coach Derek Moore? Well, D-Moore is a person, if you ever meet somebody rich, uh, that's a rich guy, not meaning by what he things that he have, it's just who he is and what he puts his values in. And being one of my mentors, uh, when he when he says something, uh, we just don't talk. It's it's our walk. It's how you doing your everyday uh, uh, everyday mission, or how you get up out the bed, how you do anything. It's how you do everything. And so that mindset of when you fight and you bleed a while and you're going to get up, it's just that relentless effort to keep fighting, to keep pushing past through no matter what, just to continue to be a warrior and to be there for your teammates. So if that clock don't have zero, zero, zero on it, you're giving everything that you got. Have you ever heard uh, when he first heard that speech, who first gave that speech to him? His ball coach. He told me his ball <laughs> coach told him. And, you know, we had it in our training room as well with Coach Shoup, uh, Hall of Fame trainer, so it was on the wall. And I love the speech for the simple fact that no matter what happens, and we tell people this all the time in life, things will knock you down, but the simple fact that you can get back up and you can keep going. And you have a choice to make every single time something happens to you in life and on the football field, it all works hand in hand. And so that mentality and him telling me where he got it from, it resonated with me and I love it. Under a South Georgia sky in Albany, Georgia, to Shard Choice, Jonesboro Zone. Thanks for your time and a have fun tonight. And let's get it done. Yes, sir. It's go time. That's to Shard Choice, running backs coach for Georgia Tech. We come back. We'll hear from Clemson beat writer Matt Calde. This is from the Flats. We're now joined by the beat writer of the Clemson Tigers for the state newspaper in South Carolina, Matt Connolly, who enters his fifth season covering Clemson. Had him on a year ago uh, after the 2018 matchup, in which Clemson was able to take down Georgia Tech at the Flats by a final score of 49-21. to And Matt, this is your fifth year on the beat, but it's your first year uh, covering a uh, Georgia Tech game week for Clemson that does not include a lot of talk of the triple option and disciplined football and uh, all that type of stuff. So I'm curious, what has the reaction been uh, from the folks at Clemson about the arrival of Jeff Collins? Yeah, Dabo was saying the other day, it's kind of different looking at film and, and not seeing the triple option. Um, and, you know, they're not really watching much Georgia Tech film at this point because uh, with Jeff Collins, this being his first year, they uh, they haven't seen the personnel from Georgia Tech kind of playing his offense yet. So they're really watching more temple tape and trying to get an idea of, of what their offense looked like there. So it's certainly different. Dabo said it'll be even different next year um, when they're watching tape of Georgia Tech doing something other than the triple option as opposed to uh, watching temple tape. So certainly strange. But, yeah, I mean, they, they've been really um, impressed by kind of the excitement that they've built. Uh, some of the players were talking earlier this week about how you could see during the spring game how the players uh, really like playing for them. And, were excited and jumping around and, and uh, had a lot of emotion and that kind of stuff. So Dabo said, you know, it looks like he's off to a great start. There's a lot of excitement around the program right now, and they're impressed by the job Collins is doing early on. One of the biggest changes in my mind when I look at Clemson's roster from 2018 to 2019 is the defensive line. Last year uh, it was uh, touted as the best defensive line in the history of college football. How is that unit looking now after suffering a few key losses, whether it be the graduation or the draft? Yeah, it looks much different. I mean, they had all four starters from up front are gone, and the top backup, Albert Huggins, is gone as well. So it's definitely a different group. Um, if there's a weakness on the defense, it's that defensive line. And 
Dad would say he expects Georgia Tech to run right at them early and test that unit and kind of bloody their nose and see how they like it. Um, so, you know, that's that's an area of emphasis for sure for Clemson. Uh, they've got Xavier Thomas, who's a preseason All-American by some publications. He was a five-star recruit uh, for the class of 2018. They've got him at defensive end, um, Logan Rudolph and Justin Foster, who have been around a little bit. A defensive end they're going into their third years uh, so you know th- those guys have expectations those are probably the top three of defensive end um, and then Jordan Williams and Niles Pinkney moving into a starting role up front um, they're excited about those guys they haven't played a ton but they do have a little bit of experience and then Tyler Davis is a true freshman who's come in and, and really impressed and he's kind of right there as a co-starter at defensive tackle so they feel good about the talent they have but it's untested and Certainly uh, huge expectations to live up to after what that group did last year. You mentioned the name Tyler Davis, Georgia Tech, of course, with its own Tyler Davis, a uh, tight end transfer from the University of Connecticut, first tight end for Georgia Tech in uh, 11 years, uh, dating back to the Chan Gailey days. And Matt, as far as the other side of the ball, offensively, the offensive line, you know, last year was the year of the defensive line at Clemson. This seems to be the year of the offensive line. Uh, what makes that group so good to be considered one of the best in school history? Yeah, they've got four seniors, so I guess it starts with that, just the experience. These guys have played a lot of football. Um, you got John Simpson at left guard, Sean Pollard at center, Gage Stravinka at right guard, and Tremaine Ankrum at right tackle, all guys that have, have a ton of experience and have played in a ton of big games. And they really played well against Alabama um, and I think surprised some people with how well they played in the national championship game. Um, and then you've got Jackson Carmen moving into a left tackle spot, replacing Mitch Hyatt. And so that's a huge task to replace Mitch Hyatt, a, a four-year starter at left tackle. Uh, but Carmen has dropped about 20 pounds, is in really good shape, and they feel really good about where he's at now as far as you know, his, his body, how he moves, uh, everything you want in an offensive lineman. So he was a five-star recruit from Ohio that came down. Um, he, he's a sophomore this year. He got some experience last year as well. Um, so that really, they feel good about kind of where they are up front for sure um, on the offensive line. Dabo said they have probably 11 and a half guys they feel like uh, on the offensive line who are ready to go out and can play in games and compete and do well. So got some depth there as well. Wrapping things up, uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course, uh, reigning uh, national championship quarterback, undefeated, has a starter, uh, native of Cartersville, Georgia, just about an hour or so north of uh, Midtown Atlanta. In his time as Clemson's starting quarterback, have you ever seen him rattled or uncomfortable? And, and if so, uh, what did uh, that given opponent do uh, to accomplish that? Because he, he looks uh, as close to infallible uh, for a true freshman quarterback as uh, we've seen in college football. Yeah, not often. I mean, there there were a couple of times last year against Boston College where the offense kind of got stuck in neutral a little bit. And, you know, they just disguised their coverages, brought some pressure. Um, he didn't always see where it was coming from they mix some things up that's one thing defenses have done is you know they do a good job of maybe you see something one week and think you're going to see it against Clemson the next week but it seems like everybody has a plan for Clemson to where they're going to try to throw something new at them and so you know it has taken some time um, at some at some points in some games for them to kind of figure out what exactly uh, defense is trying to do to them but not often I mean he, he had an incredible year last year uh, they feel like he's really grown heading into this year as far as leadership, understanding of the offense, and then being able to watch the film and understand what defenses are trying to do against them even better. So they feel really good about where he's at. Um, you know, I, I saw he's been – Urban Meyer said he may be the best quarterback in the history of college football. So 
he, he's certainly got lofty expectations to live up to this year, uh, but by all accounts, he seems ready to do it. Well, it should be quite a scene on Thursday night, Matt. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, if uh, some of the Tech fans want to read some more of your coverage, uh, getting up uh, ready for the game, uh, where can they do that, and can they follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, at Matt at the State. Um, I post all my articles there, and then thestate.com. We've got plenty of coverage previewing the game. Uh, so be sure to check it out. We have lots of stories leading up to Thursday's uh, big opener. Well, Matt, thanks for the time, and I look forward to seeing you on Thursday night. should be uh, quite the spectacle. First game on ACC Network. Uh, and, of course, uh, Andy and Metro Sean Bedford and I will have the coverage on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG. That was Matt Connolly of the state, and that'll do it for this week's From the Flats. We'll be back next week getting ready for the home opener against South Florida. But first things first, Tigers and Yellow Jackets, Thursday night in Death Valley. Can't wait, 2019 season. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage. And subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.